Hi everyone, welcome to Currency Podcast episode 114. Um, continuing my career mode, as as you all know, if you've been following along the last few episodes, um, I actually am going to be taking a break from doing this podcast for a little while. Um, I don't know how long yet. I'm just I'm just following my own journey through life and. So it's uh, random how long it takes, like how long this hiatus will take. Um, like I need to go find myself in Europe, but where Europe is just uh, not so much Europe, but just like places that I walk around in Columbus, Ohio, or just uh, my apartment complex area. That's where I need to find myself. But like, uh, it's not so much that I just... I'm just going to take a hiatus from doing this uh, because I need to figure out what I want to do with it and um, whether or not I want to complete it as a completed like work of art or something or if I want to continue doing it. But basically, um, if I come back and want to continue this podcast in this format, I'm just going to I'm going to start doing it live rather than in my apartment because it's not maybe it's not challenging enough to do it in here or um that's just i can't i don't want to keep doing it in this way um just based on what i want to do in the future i want to change it but if i choose to end the podcast then i will come back and can i'll finish like two or three episodes to end it in this format i'll do it the same way that i've been doing it but if i continue it i'm going to do it live and if that happens just uh recognize that I will be a different persona than the one where it's just me talking to an audience from within my apartment because I'll be talking to like a, a live audience or at least something resembling a live audience there might uh it it depends but I, I'm just saying like if the next time this this podcast is on I'm doing it live it'll be a different persona than the persona talking to you right now so i'm killing this persona this person uh this version of myself that like uh is like i somewhat manufactured by myself to be uh for this format of this podcast whatever like um it's not like it's fake you know but it's a it is a persona but the i'm saying like it's so much different to talk to a live audience than than uh, whatever I'm imagining is just like a listening audience listening to it, that it'll be uh, it'll be different. So um, this persona, I'm going to kill. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to end it. But I, I said a couple episodes ago, like um, that it's important to like have power over stories or something like end the ones that you want to and i would just like to add the uh, caveat caveat to that caviar to that uh, that um like don't take that too literally i don't want to be i don't want to be the reason that you uh that anybody just thinks that they can end whatever story they want because that's like a powerful thing that i'm saying that i'm just saying don't take that lightly and don't take it to mean end whatever story you want because i was thinking about it later on and i realized that that's kind of like saying 
have power over uh, death or finality. Like, um, I mean, somebody could take that too far or whatever. But obviously, things I say on here, like, if you listen to a lot of them, there will inevitably be some wires crossed where people hear it because I speak in hyperbole a lot. And uh, they might take it too literally and it might mislead them for a few minutes or something, whatever. Like, uh, inevitably, those things happen no matter what, anytime anybody's speaking to anyone, because communication is not, is really far from perfect. Um, but, uh, I mean, I do mean all of the things I say. Just remember that they're really specific to my perspective. Like, uh, don't take don't take me too seriously, but that's what I try. So I'm going to continue my career mode here. Um, so regardless, I will be back with this podcast in the future. It just might be for like a couple episodes to end it, or um, I'll continue doing it live. But I do I, I do need to explore the possibility of doing a live podcast, regardless, just so I can see how that works out, or if it doesn't. Um, uh, I just, I, I give myself the liberty to explore opportunities like this for some reason. I, I allow myself to pursue my whims that would otherwise sound maybe silly to, to most people, but like, like starting a live podcast, like I'm going to go into town and, uh, peddle my, my messages, peddle my life, um, but it's really not, I'm banking on that it's actually not that big a deal once you start doing something like that. But, um, so also I, w I do want to make this podcast into a cryptocurrency. It just will be a cryptocurrency based in spoken word. And so this sounds nonsensical, but hey. So is cryptocurrency. All cryptocurrency is nonsensical. It's very, like, uh, stylized, and it's kind of, like, dorky or gay or something. Like, it's not, it's not really cool. It's, like, in the same way that banking isn't cool. Like, you wouldn't listen to somebody talk about banking and finance and expect anything fun or entertaining to come out of it. Like, cryptocurrency is like this, but since it's a new thing, um, it, it feels like it's cool and interesting, but at the end of the day, it's kind of just like talking about banking to most people, so it's actually boring, but um, just because it isn't sexy doesn't mean it's not going to happen anyway, but it's like, uh, it's nonsense and it's ridiculous, the same as like, Logan Paul declares his podcast to be the number one podcast in the world, but it's like, it's not factual. He's just blowing smoke, but for the purpose of being as ridiculous as possible, because it's already ridiculous to have a podcast and act like people want to hear what you have to say or whatever, like that's already ridiculous. So that being said, uh, I can't get around that I named the podcast Currency, and so it's the greatest currency in the world. My podcast is. That's what it is. And uh, so it's the greatest currency in the world. And I'll be, I'll be using that for uh, like 
legal purposes to some extent or something like um i mean not legal purposes but it's a tagline that i'm trying to sell people on so that i can uh sell the podcast but i plan on transforming it into a cryptocurrency uh while i take this hiatus i mean i'll contribute to transforming it into that but it's more like I need to figure out what I want to do with the podcast or and, and what I want to do with other things in my life, loose ends that I need to end. Because pretty much I, uh, I see it as that I am living a life that is consistent of a, a lot of other people's choices. And so this brings me unhappiness. I think I've ex- expressed... Um, sadness and unhappiness at different times during this podcast and that is reflective of the way i actually feel in life and um like it's it's not my goal to be confessional but i guess that that is a way that you could describe it sometimes um i mean i come from a christian background where I, i probably got it in my head that you can't really live without being confessional or something but um, I mean, I don't really, I don't aim to be confessional, like for the sake of, uh, at least not anymore in my life. But, but anyway, I feel like I need to take some time to change some things in my life and, and, uh, whatever, but, but I will come back, but, uh, transforming the podcast into a cryptocurrency, I, I won't, I won't transform it into a typical cryptocurrency, but just one that is, uh, a collection of NFTs because um, it's like and so during the I'll try to summarize some of the things that I've said over the last 113 episodes in this one episode but like I used to talk about cryptocurrency more in the beginning but then I did not because then I mean at some point it it's like uh, would it became expected of me and anybody who is pro crypto to stop talking about it like it's uh, exciting or something, um, or that it's anything other than a scam? And I I believe that cryptocurrency is not a scam. It's a reality currently. I mean, it's it's still there, and it's not. I guess everybody is assuming. Well, any day now, it's going to go to zero, but it's. Every day that it's still just kind of fluctuating with the market, it's it's a reality. It's not a scam. It's a, like Facebook is a scam too. If you if you just want to say things that are currently happening in the world that are part of our reality, that it's like a possible thing that for people to talk about, um, you you can really just start labeling lots of things as scams, especially websites, because there's like Facebook is a single address on the internet which is just like infinitely big like there's there's like infinitely many addresses you can create on the internet there's no reason that the world perceives this one address to be so important that like everybody flocks to it it's a it's a scam that people perceive this location on the internet to be so important that and popular that everybody goes to it like that's not going to last forever because we're the internet is so big that inevitably um addresses that are centralized now are going like it'll it'll decentralize itself 
because there are too many possibilities with the internet that we're going that a bunch of people are going to continue to perceive a few addresses to be like the greatest thing ever um but uh that's not it's not the most important thing about what i'm saying right now uh like uh what i wanted to say was I don't know that Bitcoin will work. I don't know that Ethereum will work like cryptocurrencies, but I want to turn my podcast into a proof of word cryptocurrency, which is a term that I'm making up, but terms that you make up around cryptocurrencies are all made up because they're all, um, I mean, like it's, it's, it's nonsense is uh cryptocurrencies but uh it's like i don't know that bitcoin will work because nfts i think will definitely work like digital currency will work i just don't know that bitcoin would because bitcoin is like a more centralized version of nfts nfts are more decentralized than cryptocurrencies are even and um they're better because you can they're they're accessible to anyone it's a lot easier for the average person to understand uh to figure out how to create value through an nft for something that they made like it's a lot easier to tie value to an nft than do it through a full-fledged cryptocurrency which is like based on a com complex computer program like uh that's really inaccessible to a wide majority of the world is like creating a computer program which is requirement for like a full-fledged cryptocurrency especially a blockchain and so it's a lot easier to and it's really like nfts are not that much different from cryptocurrencies it's a lot easier to print value onto nfts which is something i will aim to do with this podcast that doesn't um that doesn't necessarily mean it'll have value like as far as anybody would be able to predict it nfts that i that i tie to episodes of this podcast would have as much value as they do currently based on how many views that or uh, listens that my podcast gets like you wouldn't you wouldn't predict that NFTs I made would add any value to the podcast, but it's just something that I'm doing for the sake of ridiculousness, um, the same as declaring. It's it's the greatest currency in the world, but it's kind of like a support your local currency, like small business, because that's the way that that's the way that currencies are is. Um, like a small business is like a currency, but then with the emergence of uh, the of the cryptocurrency industry, with the emergence of that, it brings to light uh, that like small businesses can be represented in like a currency that somebody creates from their house. Uh, because there's so many cryptocurrencies that that's like, that's essentially what it does. It's like businesses are created now but instead of it like needing it instead of it needing to be a product of some kind you just uh create all of the 
money value behind it and try to get people on board with it. Like the the cryptocurrency, the cryptocurrency industry, if it succeeds, it succeeds because it's saying everything is a popularity contest anyway, or um, something like that. So it's, it's like, but um, let me try to say something more substantial. Like, so what I'm saying is, in conclusion, I don't advise necessarily to invest in Bitcoin and Ethereum because I don't know that those would work. I would be more confident in like NFTs working because those are more decentralized. Like I think NFTs might destroy the the major powers in cryptocurrency given enough time because nfts are the way that small businesses can um upload their value onto the internet digitally better than like it's a lot more accessible to the average person to do that through nfts um the same way that i will be able to say that my podcast has value through creating nfts but it's like um the and it, like I might create an NFT for an episode and say there's it has a supply of like forty so that there's forty of them or something, but what I'm doing is creating a permanent existence for the episode on an internet on on a version of the internet where like every blockchain is a different uh, version of an internet. Um, but like if I create an NFT and I say this represents an episode, that makes it so that the the episode exists permanently somewhere, whereas all of the ways that my podcast exists now are temporary. And so um, given enough time, the permanent existence of the episode is the is the thing that would have the most value because it's um like I'm giving it a location on the internet. immutably permanently um like not that that's its sole existence that's just its permanent existence but it's like i would be making it so that the any one episode has both a temporary representation and a permanent representation where the temporary one is just like you find it on um central the the centralized internet as we know it you find it on a podcasting platform or whatever that's 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 only ever a temporary existence but what i plan on doing is like selling these nfts over a number of years so that i can see given enough time if they have any value like what to sell them at um but if the podcast continues, then I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm reading too much into it. Like I th- I think it's really important, but it's not like the world really considers it to be that important at this time. But like, I mean, I walk around thinking like the world is waiting to hear from me when they're really not at all. Like in any one area, like oh, they're they're waiting for me to break the silence or something, or like the world is waiting on my next podcast episode when they're really like. They're like, oh, like, they're just more like, oh, here it is, I guess. There is another one. They're not, they're, I don't think the world really expects as much out of me as I think that they do. But, um, so I'll take a hiatus and so 
like currency if a currency is really popular it's it's because it's traded the most in the world like the US dollar is the biggest currency in the world um cryptocurrency i i get excited about it and invest in it because because i still do have money in bitcoin and ethereum and dogecoin um, I'd say that those are the only three that you could be confident in investing in Bitcoin, Dogecoin, and Ethereum, really. And I still have money in it because my hope is that it destroys nations one day. That's like, that's something I'm excited about. I like destruction and, um, when things change and become new and the hope with cryptocurrency for me is like, I invested in it because it's something I... I'm excited about because I'm excited at the prospect of the borders of nations deteriorating and the genre of nations dissipating away. Like I want, I want nations to go away. Like in the same way that in the 1800s, a lot of the countries in Europe were monarchies, but then they got influenced by like the like democracy in America enough that a lot of them became closer to like a lot of them got rid of their monarchies and became democracies in the in the 1900s um like the world as we know it is really dictated by nations nations have a lot of power cryptocurrencies would destroy nations if they all became the most powerful currencies it, it is my opinion that isn't like for sure and you're probably not going to hear that anywhere else that it's like if cryptocurrency became really big, the nations would die. But I think that that is true because um, I guess I believe that the without the currency, the I don't I don't know how the nation has value really. I I don't see how that is how that's true. And I I think America is still the most valuable country in the world, and that the world most of the world would perceive it to be that way. Um, and they also have the greatest currency. And I think that it's really like the currency that dictates that they're the greatest. Like the US dollar is the most traded currency by volume in the world, like by a wide percentage. Uh, second is the Euro and third is yen, Japanese yen. But it's like the US dollar is takes up like 44% of all traded currency in in the world by volume and it's like that's first by a wide margin and since that's the case the US is just really doing phenomenal and any press that you hear about like the US sucks or like China's taking over I think that a lot of that is bullshit because based on based on how much the US dollar is traded that's just that just reflects how current the United States is because it's it's like that's our that's our national representative to to the rest of the world like that's that's the way that the US mobilizes itself to the rest of the world it does it through its currency and like that currency is just changing hands across borders the most in all of the other nations of the world like we export ourselves through that and like we're we're traded and we're current we're in circulation the same way dollars are like we're the most active we're the most in motion we like the uh, the US dollar is the most authoritative currency it's like it's the one that people believe has the most power that's why they trade it the most or in other, in other words they have it on hand the most to trade it but 
what makes a currency strong is trade. I, I'd imagine that there are a number of different perspectives on like, this is what is the best currency based on this statistic, or like people might use a different statistic than volume, uh, trading, trading volume to say this is the best currency. And so they might say a different currency is the best. But my belief and my argument is that the statistic you use to declare what's the best currency is the one that's the most traded because we're talking about currency or um, the ability of the ability of like your nation to represent itself currently like the ability of your your nation's currency to be liquid instead of stagnant because that's what currency is the more in motion it is the better the currency the more people are going to have it because that's the place of money is to be in motion um rather than stagnant if you if like uh it's 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 about it's about liquidity the same as like when somebody liquidates their assets they take um physical that's like transforming physical things that are just stuck in the same place like a building and then converting it into into cash or in other words converting it into something that can be in motion like like money the way that money's existence is is like it's traded from one hand to another money does better when it is in motion but like um so when you liquidate an asset or like a building you transform it into like e ether that can move around where it's like now it can be anywhere because you converted it into cash like money is like water and um you know the same way that currents in a in a river but um not not that i am banking my entire podcast on that all of the forms of current or currency are related they don't have to be um i i just find that they they are somehow i mean it's just like how do you explain you can't explain it away currency is uh like a lot of the ways we describe it are very related to each other whether it be relevance or or money but like if it's traded a lot then but uh you know and so in the last episode I want to finish this. I'm going to finish this tournament that I'm in. That's what I wanted to do. Um, hopefully I make the cut so that I can make it to the last round. So I got to pay attention to what I'm doing, hitting the ball here. I can make this putt here. I can make this one. Yeah, I knew it. I knew that I could. I knew that I could do it and I did it. And, and um, that's, it makes me proud to do that. And, and, hit that golf ball but like uh you know i was going on one trajectory in my life not that i'm going to share my whole life story in this somewhat final episode but it's uh like some it's not the final episode but like i was going on one trajectory in my life where i thought that i was a smart guy who is like good at math and then um i mean so things like that, I guess, maybe lead me to start making a podcast where I sound smart. But I, I'm saying at some point I realized that sounding smart isn't something I want to do because I don't want to be behind that. 
um, like, it's exhausting to be smart. I like it's for some people, but it's not really for me. Like I wouldn't choose to be smart. Um, I think you'd have to be smart to, to, uh, be able to choose to be smart or be dumb. But like at some, at some point I realized that I'm not just smart, but that I am also stupid, but this isn't a bad realization. This is a really positive realization for me because it's exhausting to try to make good on smart all the time. And especially when my reality is not that, like I'm really not that smart. I'm kind of, I'm also dumb. And um, I'm not just smart. I'm also dumb. And so like, so I was going on this trajectory in my life where I was trying to follow Christianity and follow Jesus for like most of the beginning years of my life. And I wanted to be the best Christian. I wanted to be better than the other Christians around me that weren't as good um, of people and weren't as moral as me, you know, and like, then at some point the reality changed for me and it's like as loyal as I was to Christianity before it would appear that now I'm living in a reality or it's like I have that ability to be really loyal to whatever thing I believe in which is what I was doing when I was a Christian like I felt I feel like I was an example for a lot of adults in the church when I was a kid in the church like I was a shining example of a good Christian young man trying to do the right thing because that's what I wanted to be for the people around me like I wanted to be a better Christian than them or something it's like either selfish or competitive but um now I find that I'm living in a reality where as loyal as I'm able to be to the Christian church now if I don't believe in that I'm also able to be really loyal to like the opposite of that and it's like circumstances, I guess, really can change like that. It's like I'm now living in a completely different reality than I was for like the beginning of my life. And um, there's a lot of things that change with that. But it's like people are people say that uh, people say things that they do. People say them. They say words. They're like. I've got this to say, and then they say it, and then they, uh, they say it, not spray it. Sometimes they do both. Sometimes they say it and spray it. And, um, but it's like, it's always assumed that you're going to change to become good. Uh, or it's like, if you're a bad person, the world around you is waiting on you to change so that you realize the truth like you realize that it's better to be a good person and it's weird that it's weird that it's never like said the other way like you can't you can't change to become worse or become bad but it's like being a good boy or a bad boy um is the is the struggle that i'm talking about it's like i lived this life before where i was just kind of a good boy for all of the all the people telling me to follow the rules or whatever and then um i'm like faced with the reality of being a bad boy but and so which one am i actually i i think that 
the world has a problem with the idea of somebody uh like as if change doesn't make you worse or like you change to become bad or like that wouldn't be positive for somebody because what i'm saying is people are inherently bad or they're inherently good and so you should try to figure out which one that you are so that uh, your life will make sense. I think for a long time, my life didn't make any sense when I was in the Christian church. I mean, it made some sense. Like, it's not like, I'm not going to throw it all away. But, um, because, like, it leads to good experiences regardless. And, like, friends and f friends that I make and whatever in the Christian church are all, those are all good. And it's like, um, wherever you, wherever you make friends. Um, but like, uh, shoot, forget what I was about to say. Like you can, um, people don't want you to change, to be, change to be bad, but I feel like it's like the way that goodwill hunting, will hunting is a, is a good person that just got caught up in bad circumstances. I think that I am like a, a bad person that just got caught up in some good circumstances and uh me realizing who i am is like me finding out that i'm more of like a criminal or something but it's like you can't ever change to realize that you're a criminal it has to be like that you find out that you're, that you're good like that's what change is for um i mean not that like i aspire to be a criminal it's just that i need to watch out because that's the direction i'm headed like uh the things i'm talking about on this podcast are sort of not, they're sort of against christianity because that's like the direction i'm headed and that's kind of what the podcast is or like a, a that's a way that you could sort of define it is that it's a direction that i am headed in um where uh it's a direction like and it, it's a bad direction bad one instead of a good one like in encouraging people to be bad instead of good because and that's why i'm saying like generally i don't i don't know that it like at this point i am that like i'm not trying to be a good influence for people it would it would be like you'd have to describe it as bad um i mean not that i necessarily have any influence or whatever but i'm just saying like that's a direction i'm headed but as long as I am ardently against Christianity, which are just, uh, that's like consistent with the messages I share on the podcast. Um, then I feel like that heads you in a direction of being a criminal and like being a criminal is relative. I think that for a lot of the world, they don't engage in unlawful practices. And so they have this misconception that all of those end in prison or it's like prison is just the way that people describe criminal behavior when it's like crimin criminal lifestyle is relative and the people that become criminals relatively engage in it like you don't go to prison all at once some people do and that's like the way that the lawful world understands it is that like well you go to prison immediately like it's not like that that's just kind of the stereotype because that's the cases you hear the most it was like somebody who murdered somebody for the first time in their life 
uh, like I, I feel like that's the exception because most people that end up in prison, they are they've been like engaging in felonies over a number of years. Like it takes practice, like to be a criminal. It takes practice to really. For most people, they work their way up there because it's like prison culture is relative like that. It, they're like getting a receiving a felony is a form of prison because of the fine that you pay and the mark that it leaves on you for the future for like if you have to put that on documents or whatever and and um like i'm talking about the law and how the law controls things you the the law always has more money than not the law that's the best way i can put it because i don't know the word for unlaw is out within the law always has more money than outside of the law. That's the whole point of the law is that any, any time you are breaking the law and you get caught, you're getting dinged for it. Like you're paying money. That's, that's what it means. Like if it reaches the extent that you arrive in prison, um, then you're like bankrupt. Not, I mean, obviously a hierarchy develops in prison so that they like trade goods and whatever. So you can like have forms of currency in prison, but it's like you go to prison that the, the point of that is to bankrupt you. And then you're screwed later on. Like it's more difficult to get jobs, to get yourself money. Like it costs you to break the law because the, like, as long as you're following the rules, if you're following the rules, you're going to make more money. Standards make money. Uh, standardlessness doesn't make money. Um, it makes no money, really. Uh, it's only at the point that you create a standard that some that you're creating something that can collect money. It's kind of like a a sifter in a in a river to collect gold or whatever you call that thing pan a pan to collect gold. Um, like you have to create something that collects money and you have to create an integrated enterprise of some kind or something. Uh, like you have to have standards to make money. The law is the is standards, but it's like, um, I, I feel like politically, this is maybe the world where this is the world we're headed towards um, is maybe the dynamic will shift from liberal conservative to rule followers and then people who don't because it's it's like this is what ultimately people are being made guilty of is breaking the law like that seems to be the way that it's shifting is that society is declaring that there's these people who operate outside of the rules and there we need to identify them so that we can um consider them consider them outcasts like uh there's the visible world the obvious world which tells people to follow the rules and be a good boy and listen to standards that are like uh, better than you, standards and authorities like standardized medicine, standardized news. That's the obvious world, the surface world. The surface world is the lawful one. And um, that's the world that like it exists within the law and it's always safe. And it's always like, you're always good because you're living off of somebody else's standard or you're banking on standardized medicine to be correct rather than your own intuition uh like you don't have to rely on yourself it's it's collectivized and uh i i feel like it's individual behavior which i currently consider to be conservative behavior individualized behavior is more criminal because it it operates on its own standards and that's what criminals do uh, they, they say that they have the power to decide on their own. That's part of what makes them criminals. Um, so 
so I don't know if somebody's made that quote before. The, the law always has more money than the unlaw. Uh, I'm guessing somebody's uh, somewhere along the line has said something resembling that, but unless otherwise proven, that is my quote. Also, you're not a criminal unless you get caught. And I say that to express that a criminal is within somebody. Um, like, pretty much every time we consider a criminal, it's like, it's somebody who is caught. Um, but I'm saying, like, criminal is a quality that people have. And you can have the quality of being a criminal and not become one. Like, if you don't get caught, you're not a criminal. So there's lots of people that, like, are just naturally criminals. But, they, but you aren't one unless you get caught. And, um... I just thought about that statement a couple days ago, and now I don't remember what I could prof profoundly like tie it to. I don't remember what was really significant about it, um, besides whatever I just said. But like, I feel like politically we're kind of shifting to there's the people with the moral high ground, and then there's like the the people that you say operate outside of the law are like Kanye West, because. He's saying these crazy things like he's going, like the rules dictate, like visible society dictates that um, we, like we all know that the rules are you can't say bad about the Jews. Like uh, watch Dave Chappelle's opening monologue on SNL that he like recently hosted, his recent monologue, and he talks about this same thing, like he his he starts out his monologue by just saying like I support the Jews and then he's like see Kanye that's what you have to do because that'll buy you some time but he's just expressing how um that's just part of Saturday night live culture is that those exact messages like he's he is really playing to the SNL audience with that monologue um which is like a great move because SNL culture loves obvious obvious shit like that like oh we're all supposed to follow the rules like um we're not supposed to say bad about the jews and uh like that's that's the way that the rules are understood to be for um for our society but then you get people who like break the rules and i feel like that's what that's what society is now articulating that they hate are just people who break the rules and i think that it'll just It'll become more and more that way. Like the new left is uh, rule followers, standard followers, and the new right are like criminals. But it, it's just that that's the way it already exists because the left has all of the power of appearances, visibility. Um, they control They control images a lot better than conservatives do. Like the way that conservatives sell their content, myself included, is not um up front it's not as attractive i would say like conservatives are worse with images liberals are better with them liberals own appearances and like the way that things are most obviously understood like this is the law th these are the rules i'd say liberals generally try to own the rules but i'm saying like that's kind of the way it already exists is that the left and the mainstream media, standardized media, collectivized media, already is in a war against um, people who 
people who break the rules basically it's it's already like the law abiders versus the people who don't but it's it can always easily be that because the people with the moral high ground will always have um grounds to call the criminals shitty and um so am i advocating for being a criminal no i'm just saying like a direction i'm headed is a bad one rather than a good one um and so i'm just saying these I, i'm trying to make the point about christianity and i can't exactly explain it but christians kind of own the law in the same way that they're like the biggest religion in the world but they're they're generally about following the rules christians don't break the law um most of the time like christians are people who are waiting for knowledge to be given to them they're just like naturally rule following people but um like i'm saying that if my if me or anybody in life if their messages are consistently against the christian church i think that for some reason that's just going to end you up in prison or like it'll end you end you up broke um because if I'm being honest about some of the things I'm saying, because I'm often saying like the Christian church has all the money because people who are Christians own 55% of the world's wealth. And the next greatest collectivized religion is um, Muslims at like 5%. Uh, I think that that is true. And as a result, I do have to admit that not following Christianity might end you up broke or in prison. And so I, now that I realize this is the case, I am I am conflicted about the direction that I'm headed. But um it's like it's not really gonna be any any different for me. It just might mean that I'm headed for a difficult life. And so I would like to say that I was it looks like I was right about the vaccine and not getting one. YouTube did remove my episode titled Vaccine Hesitant. And um, so whatever icon I create as an NFT to represent that episode will be uh, like a special one, but um, or something like that. There's just a lot you can do when you declare your podcast to be a cryptocurrency because of the nonsense that comes along with that. As long as it's nonsensical, you can work in a lot of different imaginary ways. Uh, like, that's that's something that the world of cryptocurrency brings to people and why people hate it so much is just like, now you can now you can just declare that something has value digitally by declaring it um but like so people want to continue to make it so that that isn't a possibility so they say oh cryptocurrency is just a scam and everything that goes along with it is a scam but like some of the some of the material the content that the right is putting out about the vaccine is uh really potent but like um i wanted to say that i it's like i agree with um kanye or i was saying in the last episode how like i'm on kanye west side but then 
um, I went and was listening to some of the interview he did with Alex Jones, and he was talking about like uh, some Christian values and like that pornography is bad and it ruins your life. And uh, I happen to disagree with him on that, but it's like I'm such a bad person at this point that it's like I agree with Kanye about maybe remarks he makes about Jews but not like moral things like don't look at porn because and then at that point I disagree with him it's like I don't like anything that's good this is how bad of a person that I am uh because literally the whole the pornography thing is something I am maybe a a little passionate about it's just that it would seem as though currently right now there's a lot of people um, bringing up pornography as like there's a lot of influencers mentioning that pornography is is really bad it is destroying your life like this is a prevailing thought that people are now realizing is true where it's like Christianity has been saying these things for decades but like I guess I'm saying it seems to me that it's uh, at this moment in time becoming more of a pop cultural thing to say that it's like, well, actually, pornography is really bad and it's destroying your life. And um, I think that I think that pornography is fine, but more importantly, anybody who's saying that just has no evidence and ha- is not any is not a doctor. It has no relationship to biology. It's like all these people are coming out and saying this. When they have no knowledge of it, they're just assuming that because there's a lot of noise about like, well, pornography is bad or it's like, I mean, it's kind of like secretive and shameful characteristically. So it's like all these people are coming out publicly and saying pornography is bad. Um, And it's really like it's not bad. It's just that some some things are in secret and secrets are not always bad. It's just that secretive things should remain in secret. So like I saw this TikTok the other day of these two like Christian young men who were convicted about their pornography and they made this TikTok about their like testimony of it where they're like, I looked at porn and then it led me to look at even worse porn. And um they were like, I started looking at regular porn, but then it led me to look at transgender on transgender porn. And this is what they said in this TikTok that went like sort of viral enough that I saw it. It had like maybe 60,000 likes or whatever. And um, like, it's it's crazy that anybody would make that. Like I'm saying, uh, don't don't ever be convicted to the point that you go public with something like that. Don't explain your secrets in a public sphere or like create a TikTok about it because secret things are meant to be secret. Uh, like it's okay to have secrets and they just keep them in a secret place. Like the world is not, it does not have access to your secrets for a reason. Like it's a like, um, not everything that's private needs to be made public. And but like more importantly but they were saying how Ted Bundy um became a serial killer because he looked at pornography this is like an often quoted thing in christian circles and i'm wondering what impact it has uh on the world like popularly i wonder what impact ted bunny ted bundy's influence on the world of pornography has to like the actual world it it 
seems like it's a big impact or like the world knows about it too but i'm talking about like the interview that james dobson did with ted bundy and um where james dobson the creator of the organization focus on the family big christian hero big big christian guy created the organization focus on the family he did a interview with ted bundy before ted bundy got executed where like uh, James Dobson went in and converted him to Christianity before he died so that Ted Bundy could go to heaven. But he did this long interview with him. Oh, shoot, my game, I think it froze. My game froze. Or something like that. What do we got here? What's going on? Well, that's a bummer. Oh, here we go. It came back online, but like, uh, anyways, in this, that's just what it appears is the storyline about pornography for some reason, just because of this one, this one interview was really impactful on the entire world that James Dobson did with Ted Bundy, where he got Ted Bundy to say that, like Ted Bundy said, I looked at a lot of porn when I was a kid and it just got worse and worse and it caused me to be angry and become a serial killer. Um, but like, or like he didn't necessarily say it caused me to become a serial killer, but the, that's what is directly implied. And like, that's what James Dobson is asking, asking him to say, or that that's what he goes there to interview him for. Um, because it's, it's like uh, that's that's James Dobson's mission statement is that pornography is evil because his mission statement is all about focusing on the family and like pornography destroying families or like pornography is really evil and like anti-Christian behavior or whatever. And so James Dobson in this case, in my opinion, is just using Ted Bundy to um, further his message and ultimately he's just standing on the graves of all the people that Ted Bundy murdered in order in, like... I would go so far as to say that James Dobson isn't really that much better than Ted Bundy in terms of like narcissism and trying to get publicity and fame because he's like, he, James Dobson is perfectly willing to use Ted Bundy to, um, increase his celebrity to, to, uh, much greater level than he would have been able to do. Like without Ted Bundy, James Dobson would never, uh, be nearly as famous as he is today. But, like, uh, you have to be out of your mind to, like, you can't create an organization called Focus on the Family because that's an imperative sentence. And especially when your target audience is Christians, a bunch of people who are waiting for knowledge to be given to them, like, they might, I mean, it's just like a, it's just like a command. And Focus on the Family is an imperative. And people are dumb enough that they are just like, oh, yeah, um... We will focus on, like, they, they'll just do it. I mean, without realizing that it's a command. I'm saying it's kind of, um, it's bullshit, like, uh, it hypnotizes people to, like, focus on his organization. Like, it's, 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 uh, it's cryptic to call it that, for one. But also, like, he's saying focus on the family, and so... He's saying he has the authority on the family. What is the family in this case? Like, is he saying that he's he's saying all families are represented in, in his organization? What is the family? Um, as best I could tell, 
you would have to describe the family being described in focus on the family as all of the people who were mis- misfortunate enough to be tangential to his organization, like anybody related to it or uh, giving money to it is kind of like the family. Who else would the family be? Who is he saying is the family? And since this organization makes like, I, I looked it up and they make tons of money. I forget what it was. I don't think it was like in the billions, but I think it was in like the hundreds of millions uh, that focus on the family makes because just naturally, if you have a, if you have a family in your, the name of your organization and it becomes like sort of successful, it's going to make a lot of money because uh, families get really high ratings. You can tell that this is true just by watching a uh, like three hour block of television on a major channel like NBC. Like all, a lot of the commercials are just bringing up, they're showing you families over and over again. The TV shows and the commercials are showing you families. They're saying the word family. They're talking about the importance of family, whatever, because it's just like a high visibility thing that makes, that is really positive and gets good ratings and eventually brings them money. It's like you use families, you hide behind families, and that's a surefire way to make yourself money. Um, if you're like a charismatic enough guy to, to sell it to people, like which I'm, assuming James Dobson is, but like, uh, I mean, I think James Dobson is a pervert and an exhibitionist and that's the official, uh, that's the official position of the currency podcast. And, um, I say that to say that don't listen to anybody who's trying to limit sexual freedom or like all these people, all these influencer people come out and say, that they can tell you like that porn is bad to look at or like what like a limit porn usage in fact don't look at it at all like that any it's ridiculous that anybody would think they would they have the authority to barge into people's lives like that especially when it's just influencers that are jumping on a topic because there's a lot of noise surrounding it um when they have no they're not biologists they don't know how the human body works like um it's really it's really like stepping out of bounds. I mean, I would I would describe that as criminal behavior. That's that's shitty to do. It's like, I mean, I don't see myself as a criminal. That's not what I'm saying. I just see the people who follow the rules a lot of the times. I think that they are like they're kind of like the real criminals and then so then whatever I'm saying is like everything is opposite the way that it should be, which is just kind of an idea that's brought up in like maybe psychedelic circles or something like actually everything is completely upside down, whatever. So it sounds ridiculous what I'm saying, but like, uh, I mean the people who are good are the actual criminals or whatever, but I mean, life is upside down like this where they, you get like, you get educated when you're young to like, everything is, the world is telling you to make a bunch of money so that you can retire. But then like at the point that you retire, your life is over. That That's when you have like not, that's where you don't have the freedom to like spend all of your money. Like at the point that you're retiring, that's when you're old and can't move. So it's like now you have, now you have the ability to vacation and have freedom. But it's like when you're old, you don't, you're about to die. Like that's the last time that you want to, 
really capitalize on the life that you've been given. Like if you're really going to take full advantage of the life you've been given, you would be generous with uh, your experiences and the way that you share yourself and share your knowledge with people when you're younger, like when you have more freedom to do that, especially when you're younger, like there, there's a lot, a lot more out ahead of you that you would be able to say that you would be able to be enthusiastic about. Like there's a lot more opportunities and different pathways you can go when you're younger. And so it's like, you don't want to save up for, oh, I mean, duh, duh. Like, yeah, you don't want to save, but like it's, uh, other people describe this better than I do, that it's like the path that the powers of the world are telling all of us to go down is completely backwards, where it's like, um, I mean, it's it's the, the lie of graduation, that you're like always graduating to something, but then it leads nowhere. Um, but... Uh, it's it's just that like people bring up this example like well hey ted bundy he looked at porn and he became a serial killer like oh i didn't know that ted bundy's wisdom was in such high demand that people were clamoring for what he said i mean if ted bundy said it, it has it has to be right he never did anything for fame or publicity like that's if it came from his mouth you know it's true like, uh, like definitely Ted Bundy just was saying everything that Dobson wanted him to say for the sake of publicity and, and to come out with, like, uh, he, he's appealing to the camera the same way that he always did, or that he, that's what the world is criticizing him for is his ability to charm people. That's why he's such a successful serial killer. Like he, it's not like that went out the window when he said, oh yeah, I, I'm a Christian now. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was just trying to charm the situation the same way like play to the camera the same way he he always was um because he's just a narcissist and uh so it's like because he said he looked at porn where we all believe him uh just because james dobson is framing it in this way that that's definitely the case because james dobson's the authority on families or whatever we believe him and so since that's the case it's it's just like um the lengths that James Dobson is willing to go to to make himself look good, like perpetuate this bullshit lie that por pornography causes you to be a serial killer. Uh, I wonder what the percentage is of people who look at porn that become serial killers. Is, is it maybe like point zero 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 one? Uh, since like everybody looks at porn. And it's an inescapable reality. It's not a scam. Like... Uh, it's not going to go away. It's just that it's it exists in a secret space, and that makes people uncomfortable. Uh, like, hey, world, we're, this isn't a boundaryless existence. You're not, like, the world doesn't deserve access to everybody's secrets, so. Um, so it's like, I'm just saying it's, uh, it's okay to have, for secret things to remain secret. And so I turned up the CPU's ability to like pretty high. And I wonder if that will cause me to miss the cut, even though I went two under in the first round. Um, I mean, I got to do, I got to do another hour. Oh yeah, I got cut. So I definitely made the CPU's way too good. Uh, the career mode will have to be put on hold. Um, I mean, I didn't say everything I wanted to say within an hour. So, I mean, I guess I'll just keep going as long as this is like, a, I'm taking a break after this episode. But, um, 
Yeah, definitely. If Ted Bundy said it, we believe it. Like, he wasn't lying. He was doing, like, he's saying all those things because he wanted to benefit the world. Like, good thing we all get to benefit from Ted Bundy's example, because that's what he was always in the business of doing. He was he was just looking out for us. That's why he said he was addicted to porn. And uh, so that's that's funny that people are very excited about Ted Bundy's wisdom and they want to follow in his example. But so I was cut because I turned up the CPU's ability way too high. But I so I will keep talking for just a couple for a couple for at least a few more minutes here. Um, so my camera is still recording. Um, because like what was the last what was the other thing I wanted to mention I wonder the other thing that I wanted to mention was oh I guess just that um I'm God and you and so that's you heard it from, you heard it from me you heard it from me first I'm God and so you have to you do have to listen to what I said. I mean, I know I said, like, take what I said lightly, but um, I'm God and I get to decide whatever for my life. And, um, but, okay, how do I get out of this? What is going on? Okay, what is happening here? Why did they get me? Okay. I want every everything should work out that I just like um, on a video game. If I keep pressing the button, then it'll get me to the next screen rather than that they make me stop and um, be observant for a second to see like what I need to click next. So I, I think I missed the um, oh this my sponsor dropped me because I missed like the first five cuts because I turned the CPU level up really high. That's okay. I wanted Adidas to be my sponsor anyway. Now I got a new contract with Adidas, and I feel like this is just a better move for me and my family. Um, more than anything, it's not—it's nothing personal. Callaway was a great company, and they've served me well. But um, it's uh, this is a business, and not not all all relationships work out. But um, so the vaccine is like—I think I—it's. It, uh, the content that the right is creating about the vaccine and how bad it is, is looking so crazy right now that if you're somebody who is ardently on the side of the vaccine and like whatever the CDC says, you're going to have to go to a whole new level to disbelieve conspiracy theorists because it's just that as I've long been predicting on my multiple podcasts, uh, like conspiracy theorists are going to take over the world. They're going to take over media and news as we know it. Like I think that the political landscape as we know it is going to change quite drastically over the next decade um, because conspiracy theory is going to destroy all forms of standard standardized politics as we know it, I, I think, like conspiracy theorists conspiracy is going to take over media um and it's starting to happen i would say that the way it looks to me at this point is that um is that uh uh um 
I'm just thinking about this is an ex one of the better things maybe I say during the hour, but I leave it at the end, whatever. I always screw up in the same way. Um, I undersell in the beginning, and then uh, the better shit that I'm saying is always at the end, and so I'm bad at appearances like a, like a natural conservative. But, um, like, the vaccine, like, it's just kind of looking more and more like the pandemic and the whole vaccine thing was just the mainstream media's last big stunt in order to try to capture the entire world and that's really all that they had left in them and from here on out they're just going to deteriorate and it's not like it's not the mainstream media so much as it is the globalist elite that are using the mainstream media uh the glo and you globalist elite are using the climate of authoritarianism that exists worldwide um to gain power and money enough to control media for lower level people like you and i commoners in comparison to them and i, I think that the globalist elite generally just considers regular people like at my level to be something like animals the same way that people at my level consider dogs to be like like we have authority over animals yeah and uh, i think the globalist elite they're probably so high on themselves they generally see it as that the lower masses of people i mean the lower classes of people to themselves are just kind of like animals and they sh they are allowed to herd them in whatever direction they want because they are superior and i think it's like a result of uh generally the globalist elite they get there by uh, I mean, they can get there by a lot of different pathways, like becoming the CEO, becoming the president of some health organization in, in Poland, and then they lev leverage that into becoming the health official leader of the United Nations or whatever. Like, uh, they leverage whatever titles they've collected to this point into some better title, and it's kind of like uh, it continued education or like a education that becomes active because... At some point, you only become the, one of the greatest uh, leaders in the authoritarian earth that we live in if you, um, go, like, depending on your willingness to move around, um, make yourself make yourself active, like live out the authorities you're claiming to have. This is what causes you to be the best authorities in the world. But it's like uh, heightened education, like taking education or academia to like really extreme levels is what gets you to be like a Klaus Schwab, uh, leader of the United Nations, whatever. Like it's, it's like, uh, becoming the expert or the, uh, winner of the game of either education or politics or something like, uh, education beyond education that becomes active rather than learned at some point. But it's like, what I'm saying is the Klaus Schwabs and Bill Gates of the world are like, this is the epitome of educated. These are the most educated people in the world, and they think that that means that they're the smartest. And I think that those those two people are living examples of how education really just makes you stupid because if you listen to some of the words that they write, like the literature that they create surrounding their great ideas, like the Great Reset or whatever, um, it's kind of, it's really mediocre. And like somebody who is an author of a popular book is a much better writer than these, these very educated, very superior people that are like the globalist elite. Um, I'm making the point that the globalist elite are actually, in actuality, pretty stupid, but there may be somebody like me who, uh, I mean, their entire life, all that they know is that they're smart and they don't even allow themselves to think about that they're dumb. But it's like if you read The the Great Reset by Klaus Schwab, you realize that he just, 
he's like anybody else and he has these theories that are specific to himself like oh he thinks socialism is the best way to do it um and that's just that's just his opinion and it's not it's comparable to anybody else's like he doesn't actually have that much to say over any other person um when it comes down to it but it's like uh this like um but anyway i it would appear with each passing day the the way that the right is portraying the vaccines and like if you took one or not uh the way that it looks on for conservatives at this point is that if you took the vaccine it's like it's like a jim jones situation where it's like the mainstream media and all the powers that be got everybody like uh, uh because what i'm saying is that the mainstream media is on the way out and they're gonna die anyway and a similar thing as like Jim Jones didn't have anything left and he's like, you know what we're going to show the world we're going to do? We're just going to kill ourselves. And uh, I think that that's what the vaccines are is like that was the mainstream media and the globalist elites last ditch effort to like we're going to control the entire world. And um, I think what it ultimately results in is just um, they got a lot of people to kill themselves. Uh, but I'm saying that's the way it's portrayed on the right. I'm not saying that that is correct, um, that that is the case, but it's just that some of the content that the right is creating about what the vaccines do to people's bodies is like, if you, if you live in a world where you always disbelieve the right and, and always disbelieve conspiracy theories, always disbelieve independent media, you're going to have to go to a whole new level to disbelieve the things that they're saying at this point. And I'm wondering if, is that the case? Do they just go to that new level? Or um, at some point, do people have to answer to that the vaccines actually harmed people? Um, but regardless, um, I'm just saying that is like, I guess that was one of the topics I was talking about during the course of this podcast. And... Uh, it's like that's it's not good if that's the case you wouldn't i couldn't imagine if uh like if you were living in a world where the right is always incorrect but it's like uh in the last few days there's been a big twitter resurgence about like oh they were lying to you about ivermectin and the vaccines whatever the same as the right is always saying and uh like so it's like now more stated publicly that hey they were lying to you about ivermectin the, the media didn't really lie about ivermectin so much as they just were like oh joe rogan's dumb for doing it i mean they lied about joe rogan they slandered him they said he like injected himself with horse paste when he used ivermectin for humans but it's like everyone was like oh yeah everyone just loves the narrative that joe rogan's an idiot just because he's not part of standardized media or standardized medicine um that's they're like oh yeah it's okay for cnn to say that i mean it's just a bunch of people that were like that don't weren't like if you weren't able to jump on board with independent media in the year 2021 enough that you that you like like if you didn't know what joe rogan's position is or like whether or not he's an idiot i guess uh i guess you would just consider him an idiot or whatever but um ivermectin works and any like a thousands of doctors across the world were censored across the world for saying that it worked or saying that there is a cure outside of the vaccine and the vaccine kills people 
uh, is what it appears. That's what I would say is what it does. It doesn't kill everybody, but it kills people. Um, but currency, the currency podcast is the greatest currency in the world. Uh, the, it's a platform on which I just say horrible things. And then, um, I mean, I'm saying it, it's horrible if you live in a world where cons- you're like conspiracy theories are always wrong. And then one day you wake up and then it's like people like me or the people that are right. That's got to be horrible if you hate me, you know, because I'm it's like I just say a lot of horrible things. Um, like I'm just a, I'm an inherently bad person that got caught up in some good circumstances and, uh, it would be horrible if I was right, really about the things I'm saying because I'm a, I'm a bad guy. I mean, I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I, I think I try to do what I do to be a good guy, but, um, so yeah, I'm going on a hiatus, and uh, I'll, I'll run it back at some point. Thank you for listening to this point. Your support means everything. Thank you for uh, listening. I really enjoy doing this podcast, and am excited to bring it back at the point I do. And uh, signing out. Talk to you all later on. Goodbye.